is working on somebody's heart to change the trajectory of their eternity. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me explain like this. Tell the story. There, there, was, there was a young seminarian, young seminarian who, who was completing his degree. And the completion of his degree required that he do field ministry. This field ministry assignment had him to go into the prison and preach to prisoners. He had never been in a jail before, so he decided that on Saturday he would go to get acclimated to the prison because Sunday was his day to preach. They let him in and he began to walk around. He heard the sounds of the prison doors clanging. He could hear the sounds of the prisoners talking. He was getting acclimated to what the environment was all like. And then the guard brought him into the large auditorium where he would be preaching. Large space, 1,500 seats. And the jailer said to him, all 1,500 of these seats will be filled tomorrow. He's looking across, envisioning all who he would be preaching to. And he saw in the back of the auditorium two chairs. Those two chairs had black draping upon them. It arrested his attention. And so the jailer saw that he was looking at those two chairs. And, and the jailer said, let me explain to you what you're looking at. He said, on tomorrow when you're preaching, 1,500 prisoners will be in here. But two of them will be sitting in those chairs. The two men sitting in those chairs have been on death row for five years. And on Monday, they will be executed. He looked and he asked the jailer, he said, so what you're saying to me is that on Sunday, this will be the last sermon that they will hear. He said, yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. Young seminarian went home and he began to pray and look over his sermon that he had planned to preach, that he had planned, that he, that he had planned to preach. Once he saw that sermon and thought about who would be in that auditorium, he tore his notes up and he began to pray, God, give me the words to speak, living words to speak to dying men. I need to tell somebody, you, you need to understand when you come into this sanctuary, you don't know who's in these seats. These are dying men and dying women. And you don't know how many more times they have a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Woe be unto us if we don't preach the gospel to dying men, dying women, dying boys, dying girls, like the prayer of Elisha said, God, open our eyes that we might see again. That we might see. Open our eyes that we might be sensitive to who's sitting in our sanctuaries. Open our eyes that we might be aware of who's populating these pews. Open our eyes that we might be spiritually conscious of who's coming through the doors and needing to hear a living word for a dying soul. In preaching the gospel, we give the dying 
a choice. A choice to live. A choice for eternal life. In preaching the gospel, we offer the choice of having life or having death, going to heaven or going to hell, living in goodness or operating in evil, loving God or loving Satan. If we preach not the gospel, the dying are bound for eternal damnation. If we preach not the gospel, the dying never find light or life. If we preach not the gospel, the dying don't have a choice. Paul said it like this in Romans 10 and 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How can they call in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How can they believe if we don't preach the gospel? If we don't make it plain, you've got a choice. Lord, make us sensitive again to not just have church, but to preach. The gospel. Second reason there's an urgency. The gospel preaching is because if the gospel is not preached, not only do the dying not have a choice, but the living don't have a chance. Mm. It is certain that preaching is evangelistic for the dying, but it is also edifying for the living. If we don't preach the gospel, then those who are already alive in Christ don't have a chance to grow in their relationship with the Lord. If we don't preach the gospel, the chance to grow in their fellowship with the Father, they don't have the chance to grow in their understanding of the word, the will, and the ways of God. Preaching the gospel gives the children of God the chance to then mature, the chance to flourish in the blessed privilege of being saved, the chance to take on the nature, the character, and the image of Christ because the gospel does not just save you, but the gospel sanctifies you. I'm going to get in trouble here. Because I know I'm in a Baptist church. And I'm president of a Baptist convention. But I would today that Baptist folk would just get sanctified. I, I, know, I know we don't use that term a lot in Baptist circles. But, but, but I, I, I'd rather be biblical any day. Do I have a witness in this house? And sanctification, my brothers and sisters, is not a denomination. Sanctification is a biblical precept. Sanctification is a commandment. Be ye holy for I am holy. All he's saying is get sanctified. Some stuff you ought not be associated with. Be sanctified. Some places you ought not go. Be sanctified. Some groups you ought not be a part of. Be sanctified. Some language you ought not use. Be sanctified. Some dances you ought not do. Be sanctified. I'm losing you, I'm losing you, I'm losing you. Be sanctified. Sanctified. Being sanctified happens even for Baptist folk. Because the Baptist articles of faith say that it is by the express means of the word of God, prayer, watchfulness, self-denial, and self-examination that we are sanctified. Sanctified. Yeah, that means I don't have to go to another church to be sanctified. I just need to be real with God where I am. 
I need to give the Holy Spirit access where I am. I need to examine myself where I am. I need to be prayerful where I am. I need to study the word of God where I am. I need to practice self-denial where I am. And when we preach the gospel without sugar-coating sin, when we preach the gospel without trying to give people a pass, when we preach the gospel without trying to make people comfortable in their ways, when we preach the gospel with love, with grace, and in truth, we give people a chance to live holy. A chance to be God-fearing. A chance to be God-pleasing. A chance. And I know, I know, I know, I know the church gurus will tell you in terms of church growth that you can't preach like this and fill your house. You, you got to be light on sin. You, you can't call sin out because folk get uncomfortable and they, they look at you the way you're looking at me now. But I wonder if anybody still believes that the gospel is life-changing. The gospel will not only save you, the gospel will change you. The gospel will make mean folk nice. The gospel will cause cold-blooded folk to get warm-hearted. The gospel will change selfish greed into selfless giving. The gospel will change prideful hearts into humble spirits. The gospel will change loose living into straight and narrow. The gospel will convert lost souls and change mean minds. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel will bring you justification and give you joy. The gospel gospel will make you whole and it'll make you happy it'll get you delivered and it'll make you dance the gospel so preach the gospel finally I'm done if the gospel is not preached the dying don't have a choice the living don't have a chance but the preacher doesn't have a charge be clear, yes, sir. out of everything yes, sir. that the pastor and the preacher is called to do, yes, there is no greater charge or burden yes, yes, that the preacher has than to preach yes, the gospel. Yes, yes, we, can be, we can be on the front lines of social justice causes. We can be found leading the charge on matters of injustice. We can add our voices to those who call on policymakers to do the moral thing and the right thing when it comes to legislation and laws. We can get souls to the polls. We can do all that we know is right to do. But at the end of the day, the primary charge of the preacher is found in preaching the gospel. Paul says it like this in Romans 10, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according 
to knowledge for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In other words, when it's all said and done, we may be used to build great buildings and have sprawling campuses. We may be used to get affordable housing for people who need good quality housing. We may be used to lead great movements or provide vision for the masses. But the preacher's heart's desire is that people might be saved. <laughs> yeah. We may be used of God to repair the breaches. We may be used to restore hope and rebuild broken walls. We may be used to do all manner of things for the masses. But at the end of the day, if we have not preached the gospel, we have not fulfilled our charge. Do I have a witness here? And I know, I know, I know it gets hard sometimes preaching the gospel. Sometimes folk don't want to hear the gospel. Sometimes folk don't want to live by the gospel. Sometimes folk don't want to embrace, want to give up and throw in the towel. Do I have a witness here? It reminds me of a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, I'm tired of preaching. I'm giving them what you gave me. And it doesn't seem like it's doing anything that you want them to do. And Jeremiah said, I'm going home and I'm closing the books. And I'm just going to retire from preaching and rock in my rocking chair. And I can see old Jeremiah on the first day. He rocked a little while and it felt good to him because he didn't have to go into the office. He didn't have to baptize anybody. He didn't have to have any board meetings. He didn't have to have any ministry meetings. He said, this feels pretty good, y'all. He rocked the second day and the third day. But around on that fourth day, something got to him. Something got to itching on his back. Something got to itching in his feet. Something got to itching in his knees. He said, what is this? That's got me feeling this way. I heard Jeremiah say, I said I wasn't gonna say anything, but it feels like feel like fire. Shut up in my bones. Is there anybody in here who can testify today that when you've been called, it doesn't matter how hard it gets, when you've been 
called, it doesn't matter how tough it gets. When you've been called, it doesn't matter how difficult it gets. It's been pressed upon you. It's been laid upon you. And woe be unto me if I don't do what God gave me to do. Woe be unto me if I don't tell somebody for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Woe be unto me if I don't tell somebody the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. Woe be unto me if I don't tell somebody that if a man be in Christ he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Woe be unto me if I don't tell somebody.